This is Honey Smith Walls, a 21st century cannabis shaman and host of two weekly podcast productions, Cannabis Verum, which means cannabis truth in Latin, as well as Moment of Clarity, which dives a little deeper into a subject. You'll learn how to use the cannabis plant effectively, find your proper dose, tame THC if you need to, mitigate damage from street weed, avoid contamination, and save your cash. If you're exhausted from body aches, dangerous potential drug interactions, and crippling brain fog, then stay tuned for some amazing information you can always verify with proof by scientific data. Guests from within the cannabis industry will enlighten and expand your ideas about the validity of this plant for our society. Thank you for joining me. Let's get to it. Hello, my friends. I'd like to talk to you about what you'll find at the dispensaries at your disposal for purchasing medical marijuana. Medical marijuana is exactly the same as adult marijuana. There is no difference, except the legality. Medical marijuana patients jump through several hoops with lots of cash to see a doctor who will deem medical marijuana appropriate for their needs, which allows a state card to be applied for, and when it's approved, the patient may go to a dispensary in compliance with state laws and buy marijuana. Florida does not allow the sale of marijuana to the public like a candy store. But other states do, and that's called adult-use marijuana. Except it's exactly the same kind of marijuana sold to patients in Florida dispensaries. Except some of those states who allow adult use don't actually enforce contamination compliance and instead make the customer read and sign under a paragraph of disclosure that none of their product has been third-party lab tested for contamination. That happened to me in Michigan several years ago when I was investigating their cannabis culture. I don't know if they've cleaned that up yet, but it is definitely buyer beware. If you have not been to a dispensary yet, the ones in Florida are kind of like walking into a little boutique at a club med spa. They have their own brand and their own cannabis, their own choice of methods, their own chemical makeup of products for patients to choose, which is totally different than what you can get down the street from the other dispensaries. And they all calculate their chemicals differently. No two batches will be the same unless that cannabis is strictly cloned and grown inside where the winds can't blow new terpenes across the orange field into your prize grow, or the huge deposit of minerals in your soil doesn't also include bacteria and toxic heavy metals. It's really hard to maintain consistency when the fates of wind and air and earthborne contamination is so close at hand and so easily able to ruin an entire harvest. Telling you there has never been a death on the planet from cannabis is one thing, and it's true. But that doesn't make it harmless. 
and I find most of that harm comes in the damage done from contamination. There are other issues besides contamination, but this is really major until companies start growing cannabis for consumption like the medicine it is. One of the problems is that testing for contamination means many different expensive little tests on individual contaminants like herbicides and fungicides and pesticides and molds and mildews and heavy metals. Just those six categories mean several tests for each division, and it ain't cheap. But by law, Florida dispensaries have to third-party lab test for content and contamination. So we're pretty safe buying products from them. Not true for over-the-counter CBD products sold in shops, brick-and-mortar shops, and online, and, you know, just everywhere now. You can even find CBD products in grocery stores, but you have to be careful. CBD is just one compound out of the over 400 uh, compounds in cannabis, whether it's hemp or marijuana. Uh, law does not require hemp CBD products to be lab tested, and most of them are not. But a few CBD companies do lab test for content, what the cannabis makeup is in that product but not for contamination. So most of these companies are not admitting that their product could cause harm, but they all seem to have a lab somewhere expelling oils and cannabinoids out of the raw leaf and putting the concentrates in bottles and pills and gummies and anything else they can think of. Just, just to let you know, those concentrates of cannabis are also concentrated poisons. So how is it they don't understand the significance of contamination and, and that they're not mentioning it? Why, why is that? Do they have lawyers? Did you hear that recently California authorities found contamination in the papers some companies are using to roll cannabis joints? The papers. Contamination comes in many forms like cheap steel from overseas that flake off into the vape pen cartridges, the vape pen oils that turned out to be inferior products giving some patients lifelong breathing issues, an aspergillus mold that lined the lungs of patient, uh, cancer patients, killing them. It wasn't the cannabis. It was the poisonous contamination due to the way it was grown or harvested or produced. So one of the most important lessons to learn about cannabis is how to prove it is clean. This is where purchasing from a dispensary in Florida is the safest place to buy your cannabis meds because the law in, in Florida forces them to third-party lab test all of their uh, products before they sell it to you, before it goes out their door. Florida dispensaries will always be able to show you that third-party lab test on the product you're about to buy. The bud tenders at those dispensaries are real experts on their product line. But that's as far as it goes most of the time. They're very young and they've memorized those products and the descriptions 
in the menu about them. They didn't take a course in botany or chemistry or cultivation. They got a nice job at a nice new facility that sells pot to old people, and it's their job to explain how the product from that company is going to affect the people who come in to buy it. I'm 67. I rarely see people younger than 50-something at the dispensaries when I walk in. And when I do, they are generally in pretty poor shape. Walking slowly, hunched over, not breathing well, lots of, you know, um, body issues going on. I keep an open ear when I go to the dispensaries. It's a generally a, a great room design in most of them, so there will be several patients, um, you know, in a safe distance, but you can overhear what's going on, you know, with, with their purchases and their their thoughts and what they're saying and so on. So I keep an open ear so I can kind of, you know, monitor all of that scene. <sighs> Every time I hear a bud tender speak to an elder, I'm gobsmacked at what they say. I just want, I would just really like for our bud tenders to have a little more training in this particular area. The dialogue today went something like this. Um, and, the, and let me set the scene up. Uh, so... I see these two women walking into the inner sanctum of the dispensary where they will be attended to at a long counter where they walk up and stand there and make their decision for, I don't know, there's maybe 10 or 15 minutes of standing at a long counter talking to a bud tender. And then a little ways down the counter, there's another patient talking to another bud tender. And then a little ways down, there's another patient talking to another bud tender. And so there are several cash registers and several bud tenders at this long, long um, countertop. And you can overhear what's going on, but generally you're focused on what your your own business is. So it's not a bother. So these two women walk in. One is an elderly woman, and she's kind of all hunched over, and obviously her daughter is holding onto her arm and assisting her through the door, and kind of, you know, mom is kind of wobbly, not very well balanced, and it looks like she's got oxygen on, too. So... Doctor, uh, uh, the daughter is helping her through, and then instantly I see another bud tender rush into the, the lobby and grab a chair and take it back into the inner sanctum, because they don't have chairs or stools or anything, ever, at any dispensary that I've ever seen, and they always take 10 or 15 minutes to do your business, and there's always some decrepit old fart you know, painfully standing up there trying to balance and trying, you know, in a weakened condition. I'm just always gobsmacked that there are not stools or benches or chairs up at the counter. This is just me griping for old farts, but I'm your voice. And every time I go into a dispensary, I complain about that. I would like a chair or a stool or a bench to sit on because I have arthritis in my feet. Damn it, it hurts to stand there for 10 or 15 or 20 minutes getting my business done. 
So a chair was quickly brought in to assist this white-haired elderly patient who could not stand for long. And her 30-something daughter began asking most of the questions. Mom was kind of quiet, kind of nervous and confused, and the bud tender kept referring to how the meds affected him. And would she like to try this or that? And, and oh, this, this product does this, and blah, 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 and this product does that, and I've tried this product, and it has a la-la-la effect on me. And more concerned questions from the daughter, who obviously is not a cannabis patient and is asking for clarification for her mother. The bud tender reiterates how the meds affect him, and she can always try something different if it didn't work out. I, I I just couldn't listen anymore. It was it was just inappropriate, and I had to leave. Or my pack of five puppies I left out in the car with all the windows open were about to mutiny from my car. I felt very sad for that patient though, and wanted to sit down and listen to her fears and concerns and assure her that she could find the right cannabis and dosage with just a little help. But she wasn't my patient. She didn't come to me, and I was a stranger to her with no affiliation to the dispensary we were in. So I kept my mouth shut until I got home, and I could come talk to you about it. As well-meaning as our sweet bud tenders are, they are not doctors or shamans. They know a lot about their products, and that's fabulous but they don't know a lot about human conditions, especially in elders, and they don't have the worldliness to consider what we already know as older humans. Things don't work the way they used to, and we're most of us already on a handful of synthetic prescriptions that give us all kinds of side effects. We fear the thought of more. What I don't hear much about, uh, much talk about, is being mindful about cannabis. Mindful that cannabis will not hurt you. That if you experience discomfort in, in any way, like anxiety or nervousness or any, anything else, you will be able to ease your way back into comfort. I, I want the dispensaries to arm the patients with the tools to recover if they discover any discomfort in that product. Just giving the patient the knowledge that they can always be in control if they use cannabis properly will tame some of that fear and give the patient a much calmer recovery if they do have an issue. But bud tenders can't tell which patient is going to do fine on cannabis or which patient may have adverse reactions to it. So if they're taught to tell the patient to start low and go slow, and that's correct, I'm just not sure the nuance of that directive is really getting through, especially when the dispensaries are pushing edibles already and the pros and cons are so weirdly balanced for some and off-balance for others. See, edibles have to go through your gut 
So maybe half or more of the meds are filtered out. And gee, that just makes your edible suddenly way more expensive. And we just wonder what the effectiveness is going to be since maybe half of it was just, you know, filtered out. And then you have to wait maybe a whole hour for the effects. Now, some will feel the, feel the effects of a, an edible within, you know, 20 or 30 minutes, maybe sooner. But most don't feel the effects for quite a while because it has to travel all the way down through your gut system and then it's filtered out by your liver. That's when you're going to begin feeling it, when it hits your liver. So, well, maybe sooner than that. So, then you have to wait, in a, uh, you know, like I said, um, the effects may last for eight hours. A no problem, you say. You're used to effects lasting that long since you have been using prescription pills. You know, you take them in the morning and you take them in the night until you're the one who has an adverse reaction because you couldn't resist that yummy gummy sitting there staring at you. So you popped it down and soon after the first dose takes effect and you begin to realize that second gummy wasn't a very good idea. Now you get to cuddle with those icky feelings. See, you really have to wait till you feel the effect before you take another dose so that you can understand what's going to happen to you. However, if you know how to assuage your adverse reactions, then you'll be running for more CBD or foods with beta-caryophylline, which is the compound that can tame THC. Black pepper and lemon rinds both have beta-caryophylline. There's a lot of foods, a bunch of other foods. You can Google to see which foods have that compound. See what happens when you know a thing or two? You can make all kinds of problems go away. Now, don't get me wrong. I love our Florida dispensaries and trust them and marvel at the sweetness of our youthful 20-something bud tenders. But ladies and gentlemen, patience dear, this industry ain't like anything you've ever experienced. It is not big pharma's industry. It is not big alcohol's industry. It is not even big beverage industry. It started medicinally in the ancient world. And it's still medicinal. No matter how many drinks and foods and gummies you find it in, cannabis is medicine. Don't expect a 20-something bud tender to know all about the medicinal value of it because they did not go to med school. They went to marketing school at that dispensary. As a new patient to cannabis, the bud tenders should be counseling you about how to use each delivery method, whether it's tincture, transdermal patch, nasal spray, or burning the raw leaf. Each method has its own different timing for feeling the effects 
and each product will have a different chemical makeup so that some will be good for daytime and some will be good for nighttime. And both of those will be sativas and indicas. Both sativas have a daytime and a nighttime and indicas have a daytime and a nighttime. But everybody gets very confused about that. And sometimes the nighttime varieties are great for daytime for some patients. So the lesson is that there are no standards. It's going to take a blood sample for us to know what we really need from the chemovars in cannabis. But that's a while away. In the meantime, it is a hunt and peck process of discovery. You hunt for the right product and you peck at it till you find the right dose for yourself. You'll be your own alchemist for this puzzle and you'll have a lot of fun figuring it out. Don't be afraid of it because you will always stay in control through this simple method. You take the tiniest amount and wait for an effect. If you don't feel an effect after waiting the appropriate length of time, redose with that same amount. Wait until you feel an effect. If you still don't feel an effect, then you can redose with that same amount. Continue that process, titrating up to your perfect dose until you feel good. So now whatever that amount is, that your perfect personal dosage is for that particular variety of cannabis in that particular way, you choose to consume it. This is true for marijuana or hemp. Notate what you found. It's about to get really amusing. This process may take some time, depending on how you choose to use, but it will prove itself the best method for staying in control while finding your personal dosage. I want to say that I have the greatest respect for the kids who are becoming our bud tenders. Already leaders in our cannabis community, they will be leading our cannabis industry soon and they'll have all this experience under their belt working with patients. But realize they're just kids now and although they mean well, they don't have the wherewithal to give you well-rounded medical advice. Use their information about their products but seek your real advice from your cannabis doctor who will be better informed about your whole health. And remember that you can always stay in control of cannabis before, during, or after you have consumed it by using CBD to quell the effect of THC or by consuming other foods that contain beta-caryophylline like black pepper or lemon rinds or just Google that and find out for yourself it's good to be a student of cannabis. You must be your own alchemist and this is a good place to start finding the foods that will uh, tame THC. Thanks again for hanging out with me and do try all the dispensaries once you get your card. 
they all have great bud tenders, great products, and they're safe. And they also have super sales to help save your pennies. I want to remind you that uh, CBD shops who sell over-the-counter CBD products do not have to third-party lab test their products like our medical marijuana dispensaries must by law. So you really must be um, a buyer beware. Oh, there go my puppies. A buyer beware when purchasing over-the-counter CBD products. Make sure that you find the CBD products who third-party lab test and they will be proud to tell you that. If that CBD product that you're buying does not have a third-party lab test that comes with it, put it down, consider it contaminated, and go elsewhere. This is Honey Smith Walls. I'm so grateful for your, your time and attention. Thanks so much for hanging out with me. Pax Bobiscum, y'all. Hey, y'all wondering about my cow. I got a little story that goes along with that. It just always makes me feel good to hear that old cow bellerin'. My mother and her sister were only a year apart and lived in the Midwest out on a farm. And it was during Depression. The girls didn't have much to do, and they were so far away from other playmates. They only had each other. And my Aunt Caroline would climb a tree and read a book because she was a bookworm. But my mother, Pat, would, they named her Patsy, and she changed it to Patricia much later, but Patsy <laughs> would just beg and beg and beg Caroline to come down from the tree and play with her, and Caroline wouldn't. And later my Aunt Caroline told me, you know, this story many times, that she would hear Patsy going out and singing to the cows just for something to do and to have some friends and I just love that story so I don't know I just wanted y'all to know that I'm a country girl from the Midwest like my mom and my Aunt Caroline and and every time I hear that old cow mooing it makes me think of them and that they're with me makes me think of home I don't know why but that's just me. I'm just a country girl from the Midwest. You've been listening to the Cannabivarum or Moment of Clarity podcast with host and educator Honey Smith Walls. Certified by respected doctors, researchers, and clinicians in the industry, and passionate about helping people understand the benefit of this ancient plant with over 400 chemical compounds in it, you can always check the quality of this information by the scientific sources on the Cannabivarum.com website. And while you're there, pre-order my new ebook, The Language of Cannabis, when you visit the website at cannabivarum.com. That's C-A-N-N-A-B-A-V-E-R-U-M dot com. <laughs>